This is Killstreak. Vampire Neighbors. It's Killstreak episode 112. I'm Eric Goslin, joined by Mike Price. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's the eve of my honeymoon. Yeah, we are uh, squeaking this one out just under the wire. We recorded 2011's Fright Night last night, and then I watched yeah. this sequel that we didn't realize existed until we... <laughs> Did a little That's, investigation on the show. God, were we were we ever so young? I know, so naive and blissfully ignorant, <laughs> thinking that this was just a three movie franchise. Yeah, no, it's four movies. We're talking about Fright Night Two: colon, The New Blood, um, which is a another entry into our oeuvre of Romanian sequels. Yeah. Not uh, this one, not produced by Castle Film Romania, but they did shoot at their studio. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And this one at least takes place in Romania. Yes, it does. But uh, I have my own qualms with that. Sure. We can get to shortly. Yeah, I just thought of one, too, that actually, okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We like this movie. We love this movie. Let's put a pin in that, though. I do want to talk about the Romania thing outside of just, like, fucking Romanian movies. Ugh. You know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, anyways. Uh, anything interesting happened to you in the last 24 hours? <laughs> <laughs> no. I went to work. I was in the office today. Cool. Cool. Pretty yeah, uh, Pretty beat, I'll be honest. I got a haircut. Yeah, it looks as nice. As you can see. Thank you. Looks like you got all of them cut. They missed one. Oh, no. I yanked it out afterwards. Oh, thank God. It was on my, uh, never mind. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I just remembered all the people who listen to this podcast and they, hey, you need to be the blue one. I got to keep things. Yeah, you're not, you can't be blue, Mike. Your mom's listening. That's right. Hi, mom. Uh, thanks for contributing to our honeymoon. Hi, it's Mike's gonna mom. Be, it's going to be a blast because of you. Um, Are you going to be in Romania? Are you going to pass through Romania? That's a great question. I don't think so, although we're going to be awfully close. Um, you know, we're starting uh, in 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 Budapest, Hungary, which borders Romania, yeah. certainly. And I think if we were to go, I'm guessing here based on the map, but I think if we were to go the opposite direction on the Danube, we might end up in Romania. No, that's not true. It goes due south from, from Budapest. Oh. How long is a flight from Los Angeles to Budapest? Well, we're flying to Amsterdam and then connecting oh, okay. to Budapest. I believe our flight to Amsterdam is something like 11 hours. Okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, and then the Hungary, the Budapest leg is like three hours or something. Oh, at that point, it'll feel like nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a situation where uh, we're going to get on a plane at 2 p.m. tomorrow, and we're going to arrive at our final destination. Oh, I hope not. Uh 24 hours later but not actually but with you know time time zones and stuff yeah like like we get into hungary 
the like the afternoon early afternoon the next day mm. you know so anyways it's neither here nor there nobody cares about that they care about fright I night too the it. new blood you're gonna have a blast thanks man i appreciate it um this movie appears to have been made in a hermetically sealed vacuum okay no there's information no inf- about it there's no information at all and theoretically <laughs> I could pay for IMDb Pro and maybe dig up some numbers. I would really strongly advise against that. You think? Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> should I do it right now? Yeah, let's give do me it. The, fine. I'll let's give you use my the credit, card. credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie was filmed in Romania. Uh, its only connection to any of the prior Fright Night films seems to be. The same production company as the previous one uh, is involved Gata Rosenzweig Films. Easy for you to say. I practiced. Um, Distributed by 20th Century Fox. But uh, uh, I I don't think we're really, you know, spoiling anything to say that this is not a sequel to anything. No. It's a standalone. It is, and it's it, it, the closest it is is a remake. Uh, yeah, I guess it is sort but of a reimagining. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I think, you know, the previous one we had it was a DreamWorks movie largely. Gata Rosenzweig was you know third build as far as production companies go, and somehow they were the last one standing when. Uh, just two short years later, 2013 rolled around, and, well, they definitely had the rights to Fright Night, and so they <laughs> made a movie. Yeah, what else are you going to do with that That uh, yeah. property? You either make a movie or you don't. And they said, hey, let's make a movie. But let's make it a little bit different from the others <laughs> in every single way. What if it was Fright Night reimagined? <laughs> Fright Night for... Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of nobody, what a cast we have. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I'll say this. Good, just because I have to say it now during the cast part, even though, frankly, folks, this is going to tip my hat a little, or it's going to tip, tip my what? Is that what you say? Tip your hat? Tip no. your hat, yeah. No, to what's going to happen. Yeah, tip your hat. But isn't tip your tip hand. Your hat, like, tip your hand. Tip your my hand. Yeah, yes, like, hand. like poker. Like poker. Like, yeah. This is going to tip my hand a little bit. If it wasn't for Jamie Murray, who plays Jerry Dandridge, mm-hmm. I would say that this is the most useless cast we've ever had in a movie. <laughs> I Yeah, also not to tip my hand. Um, <laughs> I texted Mike when this movie started that this – should I say this now? Yeah, go ahead. I, okay. I, the gloves are already the gloves off. Gloves are off. <laughs> this movie might contain one of my least favorite performances in any movie I've ever seen. I thought I knew for sure who you were talking about until about the three-quarter mark of the movie. And I was like, you know what? It could be one of two. Yeah, no, it's, it's one person. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll we're talk about, about it. it. We're talking about it. Hey, it's it's um, Evil Ed. The guy who plays Evil Ed. Okay, that's what I thought. That's the what most I thought. abrasive, annoying. He, I sent you like a video clip of it, 
of yeah. him like doing some business and after he says a line that it hangs on him for a little too long and he's just yeah. like mugging for the camera it's so weird yeah evil ed is played by an actor named chris waller uh who i think is english i think everyone it, here is everybody's accents are so weird yeah i think everyone is english except for peter vincent Mm. I think he's the well. So I should I should rephrase. Everyone in the main cast is English except for Sean Power, who plays Peter Vincent. He is, uh, well, he's Irish Canadian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the rest of the cast is Romanian, as one might assume. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Mister Mister Evil Ed Chris Waller. I mean, the guy's been in like six things ever. Spanning 2011 to 2016. I don't. Yeah, we don't really need to kick a man while he's down. He no. didn't have an acting career, and I think we know why. Um, he did study acting in London, Ooh. foggy London town, prestigious. Yeah, that's right. All. I mean, that's how you get a job in America. You come from England. <laughs> yeah. Be, <laughs> Be he English. missed this. Is he English? So yeah, he got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we've got. Um, Will Payne playing Charlie Brewster this time out, our third Charlie Brewster stepping into the role. Mm. Uh, he's got 13 credits uh, to his name, including a recurring role on Mr. Selfridge. Eric, have you ever heard of or seen a thumbnail for Mr. Selfridge? No, but I'll look it up right now. I just want you to see the poster because it is... One of the most morbid, I, 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 the highest level of morbid curiosity I've had about a television show in a long, long time. And it's been on my radar oh, for there it is. most of a decade. Um, so the standard poster. Oh, no. For, <laughs> for Mr. Selfridge <laughs> is Jeremy Piven with a conspicuous amount of hair atop his head yeah a lot of hair uh, for someone who didn't have a lot of hair back in the night yeah in an old-timey uh suit holding a pocket watch looking very smug mm-hmm. very smug and i guess this is about it's like a it's like a pbs show or a bbc show whatever this was like in the wake of downton abbey sure and I guess he plays the American founder of a famous London department store. Oh. And I'm like, this has got to be the worst fucking it's thing. It's got to be so imaginable. Fu- it's got to be like what I thought Downton Abbey was before I started watching it and liked it. Where it's mm-hmm. just like, no, this is actually the bad version of that. Where it's yeah. super boring. Um, but anyways, we digress. Will Payne was on Mr. Selfridge. Um and he's done some other British TV, and that's pretty much it. Uh, he plays Charlie Brewster. He's also English. Um, and then we've got uh, <laughs> the aforementioned Sean Power, who plays Peter Vincent. Who you'd think, like, if, if you were going to f- pay an extra, I don't know, 200 grand to fly someone to Romania, couldn't you get... Any washed up actor yeah. that just someone has heard of, anyone yeah. has seen before. Which would fit in nicely with the Peter Vincent character. Right. And I mean, like, the list is endless. Uh, there are hundreds of actors yeah. that don't command a large salary that people are like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah. 
But instead, we got this guy, Sean Power. Yeah, <laughs> who spends most of the runtime in a strip club? It's yeah, this is true. Um, then we have playing opposite Charlie Brewster. Uh, we have a new Amy. Uh, Sasha Parkinson. Do you want to guess where she's from, Eric? I'm going to guess England. Yeah, that's correct. She's an English soap opera actress. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Who seems to be a very attractive young woman. But if you look her up on Google, she must have broken up with someone who works for Google. Because her default <laughs> thumbnail is... The oh worst my picture of her amongst Holy hundreds shit. on the internet. It looks insane. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry to make fun of the way a woman looks, but it's what? fucking crazy. Well, and the thing is, if you look at Sasha Parkinson images, there are 400 pictures of her where she looks immeasurably better than this. Yeah. And this picture doesn't appear anywhere. But she it's... looks like she's a playing, like... Chucky's cousin or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. She looks a little bit like Tiffany after she was been has been blown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, there's um, like some bad lip filler going on. Not to like. I'm sorry, I'm being an asshole, but yeah, we it reminds me of like. Do you do you follow uh, this person does not exist on yes. Twitter? Well, no, I follow you and, you and I retweet that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of one of those like AI generated faces. Yeah, it's rough stuff. Um. And then, as I mentioned before, I would say the only even sort of speck of respectability, like the the one light in the darkness of this cast, uh, Jamie Murray, who plays our Jamie, our, our 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 Jerry Dandridge. This time, Jerry G E R R I. Very clever, right? Um, professor. I recognized. Yeah, she's a professor. I recognized her from Dexter. Yes, I did. Uh, I didn't until I just looked her up, and then I did. Yeah. Um, she is uh, very attractive. Yeah, she's really sexy. Yeah, and she's not bad. She's she, she's fine. She's mm-hmm. fine in this movie, which uh, lofts her miles above the rest of her co-stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say that she's sort of the the lone shining light in this cast where uh she would be an okay fifth cast member in a better version of this movie. And would be like, "Oh yeah, that's the level of talent that I would she expect." She would be like somebody Jerry Dandridge kills, you know? Yeah. Like brings yeah. to his house and kills. Yes, if she was Doris. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. 2011's Fright Night, I would be like, "Yeah, she was she was good." Mm-hmm. She she was attractive. Um, she brings more to the table. I shall say, and, and what I'm saying is, she's a, a, a worst a workman like actor. Mm-hmm. She, she she can act. She was on Gotham, you know that CW. Yeah, oh yeah, Batman property. Once upon a time, stuff. She's been in stuff. She does a lot of TV acting. She's still doing good. Good for her. Keep it up, Jamie Murray. Um, I'm sorry that you had to be in this movie. <laughs> Uh, directed by Eduardo Rodriguez, who has made five features in total. Six. Maybe six. They're all horror movies. I've never heard of any of them, except Mm -hmm. this one. Uh, I'll leave it up to you guys to decide if you think they're good or bad. (laughs) 
I will not be investigating any further. No, no, I'm not going to look any deeper into it. This was written by Matt Venna, Venny, V-E-N-N-E. Ven? Uh, he wrote Venny? Yeah. Ven, yeah, it could be Ven. Uh, he wrote an episode of uh, Shutter Creep Show. Okay. He wrote uh, two episodes of the Bag of Bones TV miniseries. Oh, that's supposed to be terrible. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, he wrote the sequel to White Noise, White Noise 2. Oh, wow. Light. I remember uh, when Bag of Bones came out, um, the, it was like a mini series, right? Yeah. A little, or a limited series. Um, I like that. I really like that Stephen King book. Yeah, it was um, interesting. I remember reading it. And so I misread a review of the mini series that I thought said was really good, but it's really like panning it i just completely like didn't read the first sentence or something yeah and so i started watching it. i was like uh-oh what what the fuck is this <laughs> it's yeah. not good that is i mean that tracks with uh with his career um is there anything else i usually say there's no budget information there's no really how this movie got made information it's clearly shot and set in romania and it's a you know it's a cash-in it's a uh, hey, let's slap the Fright Night name on a movie mm-hmm. uh, and get something out and see if we can get some rentals. That's what this movie is. Um, I know you guys are on the edge of your seats waiting to hear what Eric and I thought about it. Uh, Eric, do you? Is there any reason to delay us any longer? Should we head no, into the break? No, we're heading into our shortest episode ever at seventeen minute first segment. So let's 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 see what we can do. All right. God. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Dandridge, and hey, I'm a visiting Jerry. professor. Hey, hey, check this out. Inspector, it's about the missing person. I know it's gonna sound crazy. It was a vampire. What if I told you we got a real-life vampire problem? Hey, Professor. Fancy meeting you here. So glad you could have come. Welcome to Fright Night for real. Charlie Brewster. Ed Bates and Amy Peterson are with their class as exchange students in Romania, where Charlie tries to reconcile with Amy after she suspects him of cheating. On their first night in the hotel, Charlie spots a beautiful woman having a sexual encounter with another woman, ending with the former drawing blood from the latter in the residence across the road. That woman is revealed later to uh, that night to be Jerry Dandridge, the alluring college professor who will be teaching them about Romanian history and culture. While on a tour of nearby castles, Charlie and Ed break away from the group, and Ed sees Jerry seducing one of the other students. Later that night, the student is missing. That night, Ed sneaks away while Charlie spots Jerry loading a body into her car. After she drives away, Charlie enters her home and finds a ritual, sacrificial chamber. Jerry returns with a young woman who she drains of blood. Jerry bathes in the blood, restoring her youthful appearance. 
Once this ritual is complete, she spots Charlie hiding in a coffin. He manages to escape. He tries to report this to the police, but they are convinced he is committing a prank. He tries to tell Amy, but she does not believe him either. The next morning, he tells Ed, and Ed identifies Jerry as Elizabeth Bathory, one of the most powerful vampires. They decide to find Peter Vincent, the host of a paranormal investigation show, Fright Night. Finding him at a strip club, he agrees to solve their problem for a fee. They leave and meet Amy at a train station. Boarding a train, they find Jerry waiting for them. Peter flees, leaving the others to face Bathory. Ed sacrifices himself so that Charlie and Amy can escape into the catacombs. Ooh, kick my... Jerry turns Ed into a vampire, then pursues Charlie and Amy. But her quarries... No, nope, her quarry escapes to the surface. But her quarry escapes to the surface. Okay. <laughs> Jerry... It's a good it's that's a good vocabulary word. Quarry. People don't use that. No, much there's anymore. actually some interesting writing in this one. Um Jerry f- <laughs> How does this one have a I don't know the, I than know, the last it's crazy. one? It's like better who took the time? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry finds and attacks them again as they try to escape in a taxi, and Amy is taken. It is re- <clears throat> It is revealed that Jerry must bathe in the blood of a new moon virgin to withstand, uh, withstand sunlight. In order to complete the ritual, any witnesses must be killed. Jerry, therefore, must force Amy to kill Charlie. Peter returns to the strip club and is, attack- and is attacked by Ed. Ed, a fan of Vincent's show, is disillusioned by Peter's disbelief in vampires and fraudulent claim to be a vampire hunter. Peter uses a crucifix tattoo on his torso to drive Ed away. <laughs> Are you laughing with that point of view shot from his from his uh, tattoo? Oh my god! Fucking hell! Yes, I am. Peter arms Charlie with wooden stakes, holy water, and garlic, and sends him to kill Jerry before the sun rises and rescue Amy. Upon entering the castle, Ed attacks Charlie. Charlie forces him to ingest the holy water, causing him to explode. Charlie is grabbed by Jerry and forced into a massive bathing pit where Amy awaits him. She bites Charlie, turning him into a vampire. Before she can kill him and complete Jerry's ritual, Charlie stakes himself, incapacitating Amy. He does not stake his heart, however, and the wound heals. Peter arrives and stakes Jerry, but he misses her heart, and she pursues him through the castle. Charlie emits a high-powered screech that shatters all the windows, allowing the sunlight to enter and dissolve Jerry. With the master vampire destroyed, Charlie and Amy revert to their human forms. Reconciling, they share a kiss. (laughs) Wonderfully written uh, synopsis there by... uh, Is there credits here? Nope. Whatever. Fuck you. Uh, blood and guts check Mike I've gone first on all of these since it's been my first time watching for most of them sure this is your first time watching this one as well as mine yeah why don't you go first what did you think about this movie and uh, I think listeners are going to be pretty surprised (laughs) were you also utterly baffled by the last like 20 minutes uh yes so much so that I uh-huh. fast forwarded through most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched it all the way through 
I clearly missed, like, here, is, uh, this is another case of the Wikipedia synopsis making more sense than the movie. It says, like, th- I read this sentence, it is revealed Jerry must bathe in the blood of a Newman version with Stan Sunlight. I got that yeah. part. In order to re- complete the ritual, any witnesses must be killed. I didn't catch that from the I movie. I didn't really catch that either, no. Although, when it's unfolding at the end, I was just like, what's happening? Yeah. He staked himself, and now she's upset, and she's upset, and now they're trying to stake him, and it's like it's utter fucking it, that, that was nonsense. unclear to me too, and that wasn't what I fast forwarded. I fast forwarded mostly through the chase at the end. There's just like a lot of back and forth. I was like, all right, man, it's almost yeah. midnight. <laughs> yeah. Um, my blood and guts check overall is, I guess this isn't the worst Romanian sequel we've watched, yeah. but it's. It's a Romanian sequel. It's fucking bad. Um, it's not. It It's a little more. This is one of those movies where it's like the people who made it. Seems like they were maybe trying, mm-hmm. which in a way makes it in some ways. It's like a little sadder. Um, but like. <laughs> There's no fucking reason for this movie no, to exist no. at all. Um, and it it doesn't like like I I bring up the other Romanian sequels we've covered because it's like it feels like it cost a little more. Um, and it feels like they tried to tell sort of an, a unique story, mm-hmm. at least. But it's like it's from such a bad starting place that it's like, okay, so we're going to make a sequel to this movie. But it's not really a sequel. It's a loose remake. But then we're going to change the plot enough that it almost becomes its own movie anyways. Yeah. And it's like, why? Why? What? 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 What is this? Is, was this an exercise? Like, why is this yeah. happening? Um, The acting is very bad. It's very bad. Like, Jamie Murray, like I said before, is fine. And that's so far and away the best performance in this movie is, like, she's fine. And everyone else is bad. Hey, what is up with that opening sequence where a woman is attacked, a French lady is attacked in a gas station? I don't know. It never comes back. I don't even know who's attacking. Yeah. Is it it Jerry? I don't know. I don't know. It's actually kind of a cool sequence. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. Yeah. Um, I'll get into my blood and guts check if you're, unless you have anything else. To- <laughs> no, I mean, I'll go. I'll have more to yeah. say. But um, know, as you said, I don't think it's the worst Romanian sequel, but I think it's one of the more boring ones. It's, kind, mm-hmm. it's really boring, right? I, I mean, I, there's not a lot to hang your hat on here. Yeah. The actors, as you said, are bad. Like Charlie continues to be a horrible boyfriend. I think he cheated on Amy. It's like that's Yeah, that's how the movie yeah, like, starts. Wow, They're like really get sympathy for your main <laughs> character. Evil yeah. Ed is a fucking atrocious. Like he was so hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Bad actor, bad writing. They've made yeah. him yeah. the most obnoxious person imaginable. And um did you watch the unrated version? No, I watched it on Stars. Thank God I didn't pay. Was for there this. nudity? Yeah. Then what not the fuck much. was the unrated version? I don't because there was some nudity in this one. The unrated version is one minute longer than the rated version. My Stars Connect dried up. Like uh, I was take, I had a oh, login. Yeah. It's not working anymore. That's and that's tough. tough. I might have man. to 
subscribe to stars. Yeah, this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I did not enjoy myself when I was watching this. No, no, and and it's like, also, I mean, and, and we've seen this. Like we saw this right at the outset of our podcast. Like it, it's one of the ways in which it's very similar to the Romanian Return of the Living Dead sequels. Is it's like tonally has nothing to do with anything that no, came before no, it. Nothing. Like like they didn't even make a shitty movie targeted at people who liked the other movies. They didn't right? even like, get Peter Coyote to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they got fucking power. What's Will his name? Powers? Will Will Power? Will no, Power? Sean Power? Will power. <laughs> <laughs> Sean yeah. Power? It's uh, inferior to Will Power. Um, only works about half. The one time. of the uh, funny lines that's the, one of the first things mm-hmm. said is uh, they get off the bus with Amy and Charlie, and Charlie goes, "So Romania, huh? Just like we planned." <laughs> like they've been all been like they're, since they started dating. Yeah. Like we gotta go to Romania, honey. This, this is, is it. it. This is the culmination <laughs> of our of everything we talked about and dreamed of for years. We saved. We scraped. So scraped the cash together. I gotta look. Yeah, I'm gonna look something up. We talked mm-hmm. about how this takes place in Romania. It's one of those only ones yeah. that do actually take place in Romania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Oh okay. Okay. I just what? clarified one of my issues with it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Romania is home to Dracula, right? Yeah, to Transylvania. And that's not utilized at all. And that, But they end up focusing on Elizabeth Bathory. But I just looked it up, and she's actually uh, from a family who owned land in the Kingdom of Hungary, which is now Hungary, Slovakia, and Romania. So actually, that does clarify. I always assumed Elizabeth Bathory was like English or something. I thought she was French, no. I guess. She's Hungarian. Well, my complaint was going to be, okay, so if you go to Hungary, or not Hungary, sorry, Romania, and then it's like by saying, okay, our movie's set in Romania, you almost like sort of take, you, you, you release some of the chains that come with that, like pretending Romania is America, where you're yeah. like, you're basically you know, forced to stay mostly in interiors and things that don't really look like America, but you try to pass it off. And it's like, well, when you say, oh, we're in Romania, well, you know what's in Romania is fucking Transylvania. Like, why wouldn't you show exteriors, show mountains, and be like, hey, look, it's Romania. This is where vampires come from. And it's like, no, it's just going to be in a faceless city as if they were pretending this was anywhere else. They just say... Well, we're in Romania. Yeah, there's like a couple of scenes outside that you're like, okay, that looks like a European city. But otherwise, it's yeah. not like they're in the Romanian countryside. There's one cool shot of a castle. I like that shot when they're like approaching mm-hmm. the castle at night. There are a couple things in this movie where I was like, this is actually kind of cool. I wish it was in a better movie. There's yeah. a strobe light sequence that takes place. It's like a chase in a tunnel mm-hmm. or something in the catacombs. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a little hard to watch because of the strobe yeah. effect. It also made me think at the beginning of every episode of Severance, it's, it has a warning about strobe effects. And I don't think any of them have strobe effects in them that I can remember. I don't, I don't remember. remember any of them, yeah. Or is it maybe during the dancing? 
like the flashing colored maybe, lights. Maybe, maybe, but it's like at the end, yeah. whatever, yeah. Uh, but this anyway. one has like a really like kind of a trippy strobe like chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have much else to say. I don't have a ton TV. else. I think the attractiveness of the leads is very believable for college. <laughs> like it's like he's like really pining after Amy, who just kind of looks like an average person. <laughs> yeah, she's a, just a skinny yeah, blonde yeah. girl. That's like the uh, yeah Jerry Dandridge when she enters the uh, as professor to the art history mm-hmm. class has like a WWE style entrance, which is fucking <laughs> like crazy. Fog, flashing lights <laughs> yeah. and music. Yeah, it's it's it's. And it's never really explained. In never, any way. no. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I remember getting upset because, like, it's it's funny because it's like a cheap ass movie, but then there's like so many extras in the classroom, yeah. and it's they're like, all weird. Why are they're they all very, very European, Romanian. European looking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like why are there a hundred people in an auditorium? Why wouldn't you just shoot this in a classroom with like fifteen? Right, people? right. Why it's have to be? It would. Literally make more sense, but then I remember being like, she calls him out in the middle of it, and she's like, you know, oh, he falls asleep or whatever, and she calls him Charlie Brewster, and I'm like, the fuck was she know? Like, I know why she knows his name because she's like, been like making eyes at him across the street or whatever. But it's like, no one would know, no one would expect her to know his name. There's a hundred people in there, right? Yeah, why she's been there for like two days on him. Yeah. Hi, Charlie Brewster. It's like, what? This movie's fucking stupid. A couple of other things I wrote down. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's that bathtub transformation where the old lady, her as an old lady, gets in the bathtub of blood. I thought that was pretty cool. Comes out as, as yeah. a, you know, Jerry. There's a funny moment I noticed where he's looking up like vampires, or maybe about Elizabeth Bathory on like mm-hmm. their fake Wikipedia. And it cuts to an yeah. angle where there's clearly no text on the screen. They're just gray bars. Did you notice that? It's <laughs> no, weird. I missed that. It's like maybe they did it because they don't want, they want to be able to put like whatever text in other countries in, like other languages, but okay. like there's just nothing sure. but gray bars. They didn't finish it for yeah, this one. It's really yeah. strange. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that uh, uh, crucifix tattoo. Oh my God, that's second. great. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Great. This is a. This is a thing that happens in in movies occasionally that always drives me nuts, which is like the POV shot shot through a piece of plexiglass, yes. a thing that wouldn't be transparent, yes. like a man's yeah, chest. In this case, Peter Vincent has a big crucifix tattooed on his chest, and he rams Evil Ed's head into it, which like burns him. But we see through mm-hmm. his chest like a piece of plexiglass with the tattoo drawn on it and yeah. Ed's head slamming into it. It's really weird. It's total yeah. nonsense. It's like it it makes it made me as much as this movie was already bad, it made me lose a lot of respect for the director <laughs> and the DP. Yeah. I was like, what does the conversation sound like when you're like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if we did this plexi it's like it's not glass. It's not plastic. It's a man's chest. You can't see through it. In like the face, anyway. Evil Ed's face wouldn't just squish like it's pl- like you're on plexiglass. It'd yeah. be like soft like a man's chest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Warm, inviting. inviting. Yeah, <laughs> it smells nice. 
how did you feel about the anime? I was just going to say, it might be the best part. <laughs> it's fucking apparently, wild. Apparently, the producers were really uh, one of the things that really made them decide Eduardo Rodriguez was the guy for them is he pitched that to them because it would be much cheaper than shooting yeah. uh, any of her backstory, you know, It live. sort of made me wish the whole movie was like that. It'd, It'd be, be better. better. She causes the Hindenburg. And also the Black <laughs> Dahlia. She might be the Black Dahlia murderer. murderer. Yeah. 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 Is it lame for me to repeat a text message on the No, on the please podcast? do. Uh, I te- I texted it to you because I was like, I don't know how I could weave this into the podcast. And now I realize the answer is just telling everyone what I texted <laughs> you. <laughs> Straight after the scene that you're that you're referencing, uh, I texted um, <laughs> Bush did 9-11, but instead it's Jerry Dandridge did the Hindenburg. <laughs> I had a chuckle at, of, at that when I was at the uh, ATM. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um uh, yeah. Peter Vincent spends a lot spends a lot of time in strip clubs. I thought it'd be a, I thought it'd be a lot funnier if he's like a true scumbag and wears sweatpants <laughs> to strip clubs. <laughs> Something real soft yeah. and thin. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a really funny thing where they're trying to bribe him to uh, you know help them, and and right before like right when they're starting the negotiation, his favorite stripper comes on stage mm-hmm. he's like oh sailor Sun- shayla sunshine he's like you gotta watch her mm-hmm. and she yeah. yeah. sucks she's a terrible dancer yeah. she's a terrible dancer she never takes no, her no, clothes no. off which whatever it's fine but also it's like i'm not and, and that's not a problem with the actress it's just like hey if you're making this movie and you're gonna like build up a big dancer stripper <coughs> and you've got a bunch of other naked women in the strip club Use one of the ones who wants to be and naked. You, yeah, Why would... and use one who can dance. Seriously, um, it's like <laughs> we couldn't just hire a good. And stripper. she's like, listen, I'm sorry, but she's very like average looking. It's <laughs> and and also I did like when Ed slaps the stage like for emphasis, and she jumps and screams, mm-hmm. even though she's like just in the background. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, all right. Uh, well, that's about all I have. Um, oh, yeah, uh, that's all I got. All right. Let's wrap okay. this fuck up. I was going to say, I do think it's, it's such a, it's a total missed opportunity, but I think the, uh, like the Countess Bathory stuff this is a good idea for, it's like, yeah. oh, we got to yeah, trot yeah. out a new vampire, like instead of a Dracula yeah, cool. for the time. It, it is a time. cool idea to yeah. focus on a different vampire. That's not Dracula, but like, they just don't really make her compelling at all no they don't make anything compelling in this movie all right so as far as deaths go we have that french lady killed in the gas station at the beginning um there's like some sort of like psychic throat slit in the bathtub like the lady that gets sacrificed yeah yeah a lot of wasted blood she's she's a weird vampire because she bathes in the blood instead of drinking it most of the time a lot of blood there's a homeless man who gets killed on the subway Evil Ed explodes with holy water. And then uh, Elizabeth gets uh, melted, gets staked and melted. Yeah. Did I miss anybody else? I don't think so. Mm, I don't care. I don't care either. <laughs> oh, there's a really good line that I'm not going to use as the end line, which uh, okay. is uttered by Evil Ed. It has never been said before by a human being 
uh, which is Correctamundo Chuckster. It's just like it, that might be one of the worst written lines. It's like that's like written by somebody's <sighs> uncle, you know, like trying to yeah. be like Stephen King or something. You know what this this movie feels like it was written by. Have you ever worked with someone who like has a job that's very much not screenwriter, but they're like, I'm a screenwriter. I actually have yeah, a lot of yeah, scripts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they're always like, yeah, I'm, I'm just about to sell a movie. Like, uh, yeah, this, uh, any day now, like people have been, uh, I've had a lot of offers in and we're just trying to decide which one's the right one. And they like bullshit like that for a decade. And you're like, this person's never going to write a fucking yep. movie. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, Hey, my movie got, got made. Check it out. It's on stars. <laughs> yeah. And then you go watch it and it's like, yeah, this, that guy is the guy who wrote Correctamundo Chuckster. <laughs> That is a very specific thing uh, that most people in Los Angeles can relate to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, moments that didn't age well. I don't really have. Oh, we didn't. We didn't rate the death. Did you pick a best oh. death? <laughs> As I'm pouring my second cannabis drink. <laughs> yeah, my my favorite was probably the not the psychic throat slitting part, but the that the the Countess Bathory esque victim. Just because that's a story, like, I know about her. It's like when you're a weird kid who likes mm-hmm. horror movies, you read about Vlad Tepes and Countess Bathory and all, like, the real-life psychos and stuff. And and uh, and I thought it was, like, it was done fairly well. It's like, oh, if this was just a movie about Countess Bathory, yeah. you could throw this scene in it. It would be interesting. I think for me, although it's the one that has the least amount to do with the actual plot of the movie, is that opening scene with a woman who gets killed in the... Um, the gas station and it's all done in um, like through the point of view of the security camera. So it looks like she's mm-hmm. getting attacked by an invisible thing. And I was like, Oh yeah. At that point I was like, is this going to be good? Like this might actually be good. <laughs> and then like sure. quickly was not. So I think in honor of it being a cool idea and also the height of the movie, <laughs> I'm going to go with mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I think so. I guess it makes sense. So who knows? Nothing makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, things that didn't age well. I have one. Oh, um, lay it on me. The coloring of oh, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking yellow ass bullshit that was just like a thing in sometimes for a while. Purple. Like it's some like sometimes randomly purple. But just like go go look at a still from this movie. Like any of the nighttime exteriors, or really most of the stills from this movie, it's just like why is everything fucking yellow? Yeah, it looks like absolute shit. I don't get it. I don't know why. Like like any of the pictures from from like the 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 bloodbath finale. Yeah. It's any screenshot. It's just like, yeah, I guess everybody's just yellow because that's a thing they decided to do. And and you know what? People don't look good yellow. They look sick. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm looking at I'm looking at examples. You're right. It's something I didn't really pick up on, but everybody's very yellow. Anyways, it was a style. It was a thing at the time. There were movies. Yeah. It's like, like when in um, uh, you know, traffic, and again, and then mm-hmm. again in Breaking Bad, which is a much better thing. But it's like when yeah. they're in uh, Mexico, Mexico is yellow. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that kind of traffic, I think, was responsible for a lot yeah. of that. And it, at least in traffic, like, he did two different opposing colors. It was and yellow blue. and yeah, blue. Yeah. So there was at least some thought behind it. This is just like, well, this is what looks cool these days. Yeah, um, yeah I don't really have anything myself uh, for moments that didn't age well, other than, I guess, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, and the Jarring Carpenter fear meter is pretty low. It's pretty low. Pretty it's low. trying to be scary. Um, yeah, it is. You know, there's a couple of sequences where, like, a character is stuck inside the house while the vampire is, like, coming back, right? Isn't there, like, when he sneaks in her mm. house? I don't know. Who gives a shit? Yeah, let, it's not really a say, house. It's, like, a fucking stone apartment layer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. Uh, yeah, it was, like, a three, maybe. Sure. Three, um, three and a half. Three, yeah. Fuck it. You want to give it an extra half No, star? let's Go not. Who it. gives a shit? Fucking <laughs> Eric loves Fright Night that to the new blood. This is, it's never a good sign star. when we're doing our thing and we're just like, who gives a shit? <laughs> it doesn't happen all that often. We watch some pretty bad it does, movies. But this one kind of makes me feel nothing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Other than bored. Uh, so yeah, Wed Better Be Had. I mean... Well, I just started saying that this movie makes me feel nothing other than bored. <laughs> <laughs> it contains one of the, uh, all, except for when Evil Ed is on screen, because he's one of the worst performances in characters I can remember in recent history. Mm-hmm. I fast forwarded through much of the last 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so it's a wed for me. No, it's a, it's a okay. bad for sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't shirk my responsibilities to the podcast. Well, I like can Eric find did. some text messages where you said I didn't watch the last ten minutes. Don't ask me questions about that. I don't. I what movie did I? It do was that a recent that? one. I ran out of yeah. time. I was like, we had to record. And I had ten minutes left. I was just like, ah, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> uh, it, it was also very eagle-eared bad, listeners right? will notice that I said I think it really comes together in the last ten minutes. <laughs> That's right. You tried to nail me. You piece of shit. Uh, I wasn't even trying to do that to you on this one. I for, I honestly forgot. Um, but anyways, this movie is very bad and probably shouldn't exist. And there's definitely no reason for anyone to watch it. Even if you're a Fright Night completist, because it's like, it's, I mean, it is, the characters have the same names and like pieces of the central plot are the same, but it's not part of the Fright Night no, franchise. It really, it really isn't. isn't. Um, yeah, so it's a lop this movie's fucking head off. This is a behead. There you have it. And that rounds out our coverage of the Fright Night franchise. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to rank these movies and give out our superlatives and then announce our next series we're covering, which is going to be a fun one. Let's take a quick break.
Okay, we're back. We're at the end of the series. And as always, we like to give out some awards mm-hmm. for the superlatives. Um, we are the um, the yearbook yes. committee. <laughs> Bringing Best a similar dressed. energy, yeah. Goes to the cast of part two. Um, I think that's true. Yeah. I think it is true, actually, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start for our superlatives? Um, why don't we start with best death? Okay. Yeah, that's a good one to start with. I think for me, my favorite death, uh, it's one that I keep thinking about. And I, I, I'm going to say, before you say what it is, I think that this one is like a real clear one-two for me. And I feel sure. like getting to go first, you kind of get to claim the best one and i think that it automatically makes another one the second that's just in my mind so i'm curious to hear what you say well i think for me the uh, the one that i keep coming back to in my mind and one that is like some one of the more unique deaths mm-hmm. and executions no pun intended mm-hmm. uh is bell's death in part two yeah when she's wrapped in the holy cloth and then sort of glow her bones their bones glow mm-hmm. and they melt it's a mm-hmm. really cool effect that it's it's so striking yeah um well i'll tell you uh i agree with you that's a great death and for me it was one of the two that i was thinking of although i think if i had had the option to go first i would have picked what i'm going to pick right now and i bet you know what it is i think so uh the first fright night Mm -hmm. billy cole yeah uh who First, his face starts to melt, and then he turns to sand. Yeah, it's and, weird. And then to green goo, uh, and it's all and like dripping off of his skeleton and like out of his shirt sleeves and stuff. And it, and then we get some like real Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of like melty face wax type shit. And it, yeah, one of the things I love about it is it's just like. The layering, it's like, there's this idea of what happens when you kill a vampire, and maybe he's not even a vampire. I guess yeah, maybe I'm not he's even like really a, sure what he is. It's like technically a zombie or something, but however it goes down, it's like, the sand happens. You're like, wait, sand? What? Yeah. And then yeah, the exactly. green goo happens. And you're like, wait, I was still adjusting to the sand. What the fuck is happening here? But it's all very, <laughs> it's all very visceral and very tactile, and you know, not a speck of digital effects in there. It's all practical and it looks sexy. Yeah, that, that is definitely one of my favorites too. And I think the thing that is, you just hit hit the nail on the head with what makes them so special is that somebody figured out how to do them and yeah. they did it, you know, mm-hmm. with real objects. Totally. It's, it's really cool. All right, moving on. Let's do a ranking of evil Eds. Evil Worst heads. to best. <laughs> There's only three that I can remember, right? We have like a sort of evil Ed with Richie or whatever. Rich, yeah, Richard. but you're right. There is no, there are only three evil Ed actors. Yeah. Um, and to review, so we have Stephen Jeffries from the original Fright Night. Uh, then we have everybody's fave McLovin, Christopher mm-hmm. Mintz Ploss from 2011's Fright Night. And then, uh, fuck, I've said this guy's name like three times th- in the last hour. Yeah, I have. Uh, it is it Waller? Last name Waller? First His name. name is Chris Waller. Chris Waller. 
Uh, Eric, why don't you go first? Who did you like the least? Lo, I think it's pretty clear. I said he might be one of my least favorite performances of all time. Uh That is the evil Ed portrayed by Chris Waller in Fright Night 2, The New Blood. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing would be uh, an affront to cinema and to good taste already if you didn't then also layer on the fact that we have yet another British actor doing a bad American accent. Yeah, and his accent is very bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is, he's painful to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. Well, I think then my next evil ad, and the let me just clarify okay. that the, um, the, the, the gap between Chris Waller in this next gentleman, which is the evil Ed from Fright Night Part 1. Remind me of his name? Stephen Jeffries. Stephen Jeffries is about five miles wide. Because <laughs> I, I, I think that, that evil Ed is, is good. He's like certainly iconic. I know he's really yeah. beloved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, he is kind of a little weird and annoying. Not weird and like, you know, he's a little weird. But he's a little annoying to me. Uh, so he didn't round out my top list. Uh, he, he wasn't on top for my list of evil eds. Okay. What about yourself? Well, you know, this is a tough one because yeah. I do feel like I'm I'm a man of two minds because Stephen Jeffrey's evil ed is iconic. Yeah. And he really does sort of define the role. But if you listen to our first episode, I also bemoaned that I found him pretty grating he was kind of my least favorite part uh of the movie and and i'll say this friend of the podcast host of the great horror movie podcast video vampires which i've shouted out once or twice before mickey gallier he messaged us we've got a poll up on oh, our yeah. on our instagram yeah, asking do. you the listeners who your favorite evil ad is and I will say that Stephen Jeffries is, is running away with it, 77 to 23%. However, Mickey says there is just there are way too many McLovin votes. Um, <laughs> so I think I think that people also, you know, and we all love our 80s horror, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there is a lot of love for that Stephen Jeffries portrayal. I think so too, and you know, part of it might just be that I never saw this movie until mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't like iconic in my mind. Yeah, but um, you know what are we, Eric? If not iconoclasts, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with you on this one. I do think that it's very close. Yes. and I think that the role as played by Stephen Jeffries is more interesting. But his voice is just so goddamn annoying. I agree. Uh, I gotta go with Stephen Jeffries in the number two slot. Yeah, and so that leaves uh, Christopher Min's plots, a.k.a. McLovin, as I'm sure he loves to be referred to as. <laughs> yeah, loves it. <laughs> uh, in number one, and I you know, I think he's underutilized in that movie. Um, I would have liked to have seen more, which I think is the only time I've said that about Evil Ed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's it's mostly just that, like, he's not annoying. Honestly, yeah. like mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's playing Christopher Mintz Plus. He he bring he, he he's not an incredibly versatile, but he's a welcome presence. I would say as a, as an actor, mm-hmm. like he he's always likable, but he kind of has a lane. Uh, 
And so, yeah, I think I think it's just the gratingness of Stephen Jeffries that makes me elevate him to number one. Although I, it also made me think of one of the funniest scenes I, I, I can remember that I always think of when I see Christopher Mintz Plas from, uh, you've seen This is the End? Yes. When uh, Michael Sarah playing an exaggerated version of himself comes up to Christopher Mintz-Ploss with a big handful of cocaine and says, hey, Chris, does this coke smell weird? And then blows it all in his face. <laughs> uh, yeah. really it's the best thing Michael Sarah has ever done is is the 10 minutes that he's in This is the End. I got to watch that again. It's I really thought it was very funny. When it's I a fun that. movie. It's a lot of fun. The big uh, Danny McBride reveal is so satisfying. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah anyways yeah we'll watch it again maybe we'll, i mean it's it's horror adjacent you know yeah maybe we can yeah find... i mean there's gotta be some way we can work that in an excuse to, to squeeze it in there uh okay uh we got another superlative let's let's hand out an award mm-hmm. um it is as i have uh forced us to shoehorn into every series now i want i like to give out a best actor oscar you know the kill streak oscars um mm-hmm. But this is actor or actress, really. This is just best performance. It's a, it's a gender and sexuality blind. It's simply, who was your favorite actor in a role in this franchise? And Eric, I have one clearly in mind, but I would like to hear you go first because I don't want to steal the thunder. Well, I mean, if if we pick the same person, that's great. Mm, you, I think they get double the honors. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's going to be. We didn't rank this, but mm-hmm. the best jerry dandridge sure and it is uh christopher sarandon yeah as jerry dandridge mm-hmm. in part one um he is very charming and sexy yeah sexy vampire he has some he makes some fun choices like always oh, eating the apple mm-hmm. uh and i think he just brings a lot to the movie as a whole there's other great performances in that in in fright night too. yeah friday one sorry mm-hmm. um but really it's his that is central and yeah magnetic yeah yeah and i think that a lot of people maybe i don't want to speak for mickey but a lot of fans would would maybe go for roddy mcdowell yeah I think uh, so. who's very fun in this series in both of his appearances um but i'm right there with you like christopher sarandon cast a spell on me yeah, yeah. i felt a little <laughs> bit like amy watching the first one and and for my money he he earns this award just in the thirty seconds of him doing his shark thing on the in the club when he first walks across and then across again and he's uh-huh. closer. Just the looks that he gives the camera in that scene uh, alone gets you the best actor for me. Very good. Hey, speaking of clubs, our oh, final yeah. superlative: best club scene. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of had to stretch for the the fourth one. The fourth one and the second one is a more of a party scene than a club scene, but uh, yeah, but it's like you know what we're it's, saying. It's the here. vibes, yeah. It's Those the, are the vibes. vibes. Uh huh. Um, Should we start from f- start from the bottom again? Let's start from the bottom. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what? Let's start from the top. Okay. Because we just alluded to it. Sure. I'm I'm certainly going to go with the seduction of Amy in the first movie. Yeah. With Christopher Sarandon and uh, oh, I forgot her name. Uh, Amanda Beers. Amanda Beers. 
uh, yeah, it is a really great sexy scene. Mm-hmm. One that I didn't even know was supposed to be great when I was watching the movie. I hadn't heard like, oh, the, the yeah. nightclub scene is amazing, and I noted it as being uh, incredible. Like, like, yeah. like it's it's great. I've, I've it's watched great. I've watched that whole scene a couple times on YouTube in the last two weeks. Like, yeah. just just to watch it again. Uh, and yeah, same as you, I. I mean, I'd seen this movie a couple times before, and I remembered that that took place, but I didn't remember it as being like, I don't know, maybe my favorite scene in the movie. It's certainly mm-hmm. up there. Um, yeah, so I'm with you. Uh, the 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 club seduction in Fright Night, the original. I'm sort of torn on my next one, but okay. I think I'm going to go with my heart, and that is the weird-ass party dance scene mm-hmm. between uh charlie and um oh what's her face is it jerry's Dan- sister something regine regine dandridge regine dandridge in part two because it is very like a lot of things in that movie it's really strange it's strange it's and it also manages to be i think kind of sexy like the yep. first one um you know in fact i would i, I would go past kind of sexy i would say it is in fact a sexy scene yeah Um, and that has a really great song too it does that song rules and and let's be clear all of the similar to the first one where uh christopher sarandon well you know i'll say it's even more lopsided because in the first one it's like the the what makes that scene sexy and enticed and 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 and, and exciting it's like 75 percent chris sarandon 25 percent amanda beers but she does a nice job in that scene in this one it's just julie carmen (laughs) It's like uh-huh. Williams William Ragsdale is there and he does his job. He shows up and he is a dude who is uh, enticed by Julie Carmen, and that is yeah. all he has to do. Because she is beautiful. She is beautiful, and that song slaps. But so I, there's no hesitation from me. I'm with you all the way. That is that is my number two with a bullet. Yeah, I guess it really wasn't as close as I thought it was when I was about to say it because. Mm-hmm. My next one is part three, the uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Imogene Poots in yeah. the casino, is it? It's like a casino Yeah, it's like club. a Vegas club. You know? Yeah. Which, we've all been to one of those, right? And yeah. They mm-hmm. fucking suck. And They're terrible. And it does look like a real Vegas club. I'll say that. There's nothing particularly noteworthy about this mm-hmm. one. I guess it is sexy because they're both attractive. But I think it's actually kind of a deliberate de-escalation. Like, I yeah, think yeah. They, they kind of, like, give you a little bit of a bait and switch where you're like, oh, are we going to have another? And it's like, no, he just overpowers her. Right. Yeah. Is, I guess it's not sexy. He just forced her to like, yeah. be a vampire. Yeah. Not sexy. But you know what? Non-consensual vampire intimacy is still better than yes. number four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The strip club scenes from Fright Night 2, The New Blood. Just, <laughs> we were really scraping the barrel of that one. But. Think about the, the stew that gets made on screen here. You've got Romania. You've got yeah. a uh, overly bright, overlit fake strip club. You have uh-huh. not a lot of people there. You have, you have inexperienced or at least not great st- dancers yeah i think you have a lot of uh women who are probably getting paid a lot of uh like the, the it's it's the only reason it's acceptable is because of the very generous exchange rate between the u.s dollar yeah, sure. and whatever 
they use in Romania. Very reminiscent of the nudity in the Return of the Living Dead Romanian sequels. Nobody mm-hmm. really seems like they want to be there. And, uh, you know, I don't want to seem like some sort of woke feminist, but one of the things that I find uh, appealing about a romantic situation is everyone wanting to be there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned, but actually, no, it's more new-fashioned. Yeah. All right, there you have it. Those are superlatives for Fright Night series. Yes. And Mike, now... you want to do a quick breakdown of the... Uh... Did that sound like a drum roll? It did. It was beautiful. Okay. I, thought it, I thought you had your snare right in front of you. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> Expert drummer. Uh, yeah, let's do our very quick reminder for the no one who tunes into this episode, but not the other ones, because it's clearly <laughs> the other way around <laughs> for our podcast. But that's fine. I don't know. You know, you guys get what you want out of the podcast. You listen to whatever floats your boat. We started the series with 1985's Fright Night, directed by Tom Holland, uh, starring William Ragsdale, Chris Sarandon, Amanda Bierce, and Roddy McDowell, and Stephen Jeffries, like we mentioned before. It's the classic that started it all. Jerry Dandridge, vampire, moves in next door to uh, Charlie Brewster, who's a big-time horror fan. He watches Fright Night, the horror TV, uh, local TV show hosted by Peter Vincent. And uh, he begins to suspect Jerry's a vampire. His suspicions are confirmed uh, as Jerry steals his girl. And he enlists the help of Peter Vincent to take down Jerry and his uh, and his cohort, uh, mm-hmm. the aforementioned Billy Cole. This is an all-time classic. Um, I guess I'm supposed to save that sort of uh, part for Editorializing? Later. Editorializing, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm looking for. This was followed up by a direct sequel, Fright Night Part 2. Uh, released in 1988, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, our buddy from the Halloween franchise. Uh, returning Roddy McDowell and William Ragsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy Lynn replacing Amanda Beers as Charlie's girlfriend. Uh, Alex, and then the aforementioned Julie Carmen coming into bat as Regine Dandridge, uh, Jerry's sister seeking revenge. This one is very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the college. The first one's high school. This one's college. Uh, there's not a lot of college stuff going on. There's a lot of people living in big uh, art lofts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sexy dancing. Uh, like and... new wave vampires in a way. Yeah. Uh, very stylish. Interesting to watch. Perhaps a little scattershot, we'll say. Um, then the series goes dormant for many, many, many years. I want to say 25, no, 23, 23 years between Fright Night Part 2 and the 2011 remake Fright Night. This follows pretty closely the story of the original. Uh, we covered this on our last episode. So you've got Colin Farrell, Anton Yelkin, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, David Tennant, Imogen Poots, and Tony Collette. You guys can figure out who they played, or you can look on Wikipedia. (laughs) Um, This one's a little stylish, uh, a little slick. Uh, It's better than you'd expect it to be, although it leans too heavily on digital effects. Um, It certainly does. Yeah, and then that was followed up by a sequel in name only that we just covered on this very episode, Fright Night to The New Blood from 2013. Uh, Rewind. 30 minutes if you want to 
hear what the deal was with that. Uh, wouldn't how weird would it be if someone started listening at the to rankings this episode forty minutes in? <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, I'm just gonna pick an hour and five minutes yeah. into the podcast. Yeah. Let's go. I like imagining the one listener who would get frustrated if I didn't summarize, if I didn't give a synopsis of the new blood. Well, that man is you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Anyway, so that's our four movies. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Kill Streaks canonical rankings of the Fright Night franchise. Once these have been determined, this is official. It's written in stone. Can't be changed. This is... Nah, for now and forever. Yeah. The, yeah. the the order. Well, Mike, you just did a lot of talking, so I'm going to have you go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, pulling up the rear. Uh, let's not waste anyone's time. No. Clearly the worst movie in this franchise by a country mile. Fright Night yep. 2, The New Blood. It's a steaming pile of dark shit. I'm right there with you, friend. Uh, it is bad. You just heard us talk about it for 40 minutes. So yeah. You know our thoughts. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And like what you were saying about upgrading from the evil Ed of this movie to the evil Eds of Christopher Minsplas and Stephen Jeffries, mm-hmm. it's so, so far to get mm-hmm. to the next movie. Yes, yeah. And we should almost put like a bl- like a this page is left intentionally yes. blank in between. Yeah, absolutely. There should be a fifth <laughs> and perhaps sixth movie that go in between <laughs> the new blood and then our number 3 pick. Yes. Because yeah, I, I will say for me, I'm stalling right now, Eric, because I still I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. I do not know. And in fact, it may come down to you and I sort of hashing this out right here live. Okay, but let's 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 we'll, 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 we won't make people. I mean, should we should we make them wait in anticipation? Should we tell them which two movies we're debating between? Everyone knows, right? Everybody knows. So then let's clarify that our number one mm-hmm. is clearly fright night one right 1985 the original yes the original the original yes. yeah it's got the best jerry dandridge uh it's got the best the best fright night stuff the best fright night stuff it's got roddy mcdowell who's you know runner-up mvp for the series mm-hmm. i would say um and it's just fun it's fun and and it's got the these amazing practical effects it, it has everything and it's like so two is the movie that if you want the movie that is the most like the first one, yeah, that would be your pick for number two, right? Well, I know what you mean by that, and I'm like not style to be and tone yes, wise, style because the remake is literally like same almost, story, yeah. same story, yeah, yeah, yes, the same style, the same Charlie Bar, uh, uh, Charlie Brewster, Char- Charlie Brewster, Peter Vincent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so so let me ask you this: What would you, if you were pitching 2011's Fright Night to somebody, like here's why you would want to watch this one? This is why I like it. In within this series, what would you say? I would say that it's a decent remake of a already really good movie. Mm-hmm. That's not a waste of your time, but yep. has some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I would maybe, maybe it's more appealing to somebody who wants to see movie stars doing their thing. It's got a great cast of Mm -hmm. like real name actors who are mostly pretty good. Yeah. I think Um, I've already made my mind up. I think I have two. Talking about it just now, I think what I've come to realize is that if I needed a tiebreaker, I would probably go to the the idea that this remake, just by virtue of being a remake, is less essential yes. to the franchise, right? And I think I may have poisoned the well a little bit by the way I phrased what I said. <laughs> hey. Because I kind of intentionally did that because I yeah. think we both agree here. Yeah. That, uh... But, but oh, he- ahead, sorry. hearing you phrase it that way, I think, did... It did make me go, yes, I agree with this. It's like, it, you know, two, I would say, is a more flawed film than Fright mm-hmm. Night 2011. I agree. Like, 2011 is a better made film all around. But it's a remake of an even better film. So that mm-hmm. what is what is it for, then? Who is it for? You yes. know? Yeah. Um, if it was a remake of Fright Night 2 then I think it might leap over Fright Night 2, right? Sure, sure, sure. Because then it would be a better made movie of another story, but it's like it's already getting its lunch eaten by the first one. So, you know, at that point, I'd rather have a continuation of the story with new new characters and a new plot, you know? In part two is at least interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a very strange movie, so it has mm-hmm. that going for it yeah. compared to the remake, which is pretty straightforward in terms of, remakes you know horror remakes go yeah which is not a knock on it It does some really fun things and it's definitely like a little more Mm self-aware but two is at least like it's original enough that it stands on its own yeah and it's it's fun it's pretty fun movie. it is it is and for for sort of cinema aesthetes like me people who are really getting a hard on for for visual composition for the mise-en-scene um you know, if you were to hold up the shitty digital effects of Fright Night 2011 versus the uh, anamorphic lensing of a all-time great cinematographer in Fright right. Night Part 2, it's like, right. yeah, that's a pretty easy decision to make. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're in agreement. Yeah. Number three is Fright Night 2011. Mm-hmm. We kind of pretty much go in order of release. You're right. We're, yeah. Number two, Fright Night Part 2 from 88. And mm-hmm. uh, number one, Fright Night 1985. Well, there you have it. A series I've been looking forward to covering for uh, almost the start of this podcast. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Do you have I... any final thoughts now that yeah. this, this is a brand new series, Virgin, from start to finish for you? How I'm you really happy. I'm really happy we did it. And Part 1 is now like in my list of great horror movies you know it's 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 one that uh is definitely going to be in rotation for me going forward so that's always like that's the best you can say about like you know we may pick the best leprechaun movie but i'm not going to watch it all that often (laughs) but this one i will definitely be like oh fright nights you should watch fright night want to watch fright night like it's Mm -hmm. really good yeah yeah and that makes it makes me very happy that that's where you landed on it because i mean i knew you would like it but you know it's hard to say it's like you know in a way this movie almost feels like it's like getting somebody in 2022 to watch Ghostbusters for the first time where it's just like, yeah, yeah. like I don't know how much of my 
love for this movie is just rooted in when I saw it. Right. And, and, and nostalgia, but it's, it's nice to know that, I mean, and, and it, for you, I'm, I'm sure those things are doing a job, but, but it's more of a general nostalgia than a nostalgia for this movie. For the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of things I saw when I was young and uh, have a nostalgia for, do you want to start looking up while I'm talking? I got it. I'm ready. You got it. Great. Yeah. Our next series, we're going to be doing. Oh, first off, we're taking a we're taking a one week break while Mike is on his honeymoon. So there will be a dark week. Maybe I'll release something in that time period. Just a little filler. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's just a love letter to the fans. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure so. Yeah. I'll, I might. I'll, I'll figure something yeah. out and release it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this episode uh, drops on May third, and so next week, May tenth, there will not be a new episode. We will return on May seventeenth. Then we'll we're we're gonna do a little change of pace here. First time I think that we've covered a hybrid series, and by that I mean not a straight horror movie. This is a maybe an action movie first with yeah. horror elements. Agreed. I would I would argue that 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 Alien to a degree was a hybrid series. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Although good I think call. science fiction lives so much closer to horror than action, mm-hmm. and but perhaps not a coincidence that Alien was the first, because now yeah. Eric, what are we doing? We're gonna do the Predator series. Fuck yeah! I'm mean, I'm really excited. <laughs> Dude, yeah, if you if you did if you felt like there was too much effusive praise for Fright Night, wait to listen to me fucking just gush <laughs> about Predator. Yeah, for an hour. Um, um. So yeah, we'll be starting with the uh, Predator One from 1987. 1987. Danny Glover starring Predator Two in 1990. Now here's the thing. I think we talked about this, and I think I think we came to an agreement. But we're going to do the AVP movies, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then following Predator 2, we would do 2004's Alien vs. Predator. Yep. Finally, and then and then 2007's Alien vs. Predator Requiem. So we can stitch up for now the completists who are angry that we did not cover these during the Alien series. They will get yeah. their day in court. Now we'll have the full information and we can go into this, uh, you know, with... Um, uh, uh, expertise. Yeah, and I'm going to say this right now, so we both remember. I say uh, third segment for Alien versus Predator Requiem. Let's re-rank the Alien franchise. Oh, interesting. Inclu- while we're including include these, these oh. two movies, yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, let's do that. Let's okay, do that. great. Uh, then we jump ahead to 2010. Uh, everybody's favorite action star Adrian Brody <laughs> leading the cast of Predators. My cat wants out of the room. We're almost done, Gracie. Uh, and then finally, maybe finally, maybe 2018's The Predator, the return of Shane Black, not as an actor, but as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, also, autism. And then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it's very unclear. This is how it goes when streamers are making movies. You know, when a studio releases a movie to a theater, you know what it gets? It gets a firm release date. But these streamers, man, they just do whatever the fuck they want. You know, they don't mm-hmm. they don't follow the rules. So Hulu has announced at some point this summer they are releasing the film Prey, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, he is responsible for 10 Cloverfield Lane, 
and a couple other solid. Uh, I think he he worked on the boys and Black Mirror. And uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll cover this later on, maybe. Prey is a, as far as I understand, it is it is like um, sort of uh, it's it's historical. It's a it's 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 a it's uh, like a prequel. Yes, it's a prequel. I think hundreds of years in the past. I think it takes place during the Civil War, maybe. Oh wow! Yeah, but anyways, it's called Prey. Cute. It's a it's a good idea. Um, that may or may not come out before we complete this franchise. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a very long winded way of me saying we will cover it if it is out. And obviously, as we do, if it's not, we'll uh, we'll squeeze it in. Yeah, we'll do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Yeah, exactly. Situation. Yeah, and hopefully a little. Well, maybe we'll stay on top of it and do it a little sooner than we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so that gives us in total one, two, three, four, five, six films that have uh, already come out with potentially a seventh. So this franchise will take us uh, almost to the end of June, smack dab into the middle of the summer. So hopefully Hulu gets their shit together uh, and gets it out by the end of June. Um, but either way, uh, we've got our work cut out for us. We certainly do. Another long series, but not too long. I think it'll be yeah. fun. We'll have we'll have a great old time. I think so too. It's gonna be prepare for a lot of testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> Eric and I are gonna show you guys that we're not always beta boys. We've finally got prescription testosterone because we have low T. Get ready for medium T after my drugs kick in. All right. Medium T. I wish I fit in those these days. but <laughs> Never did. Not as an adult anyways. All right. Hit us, hit us up on our socials. Hit us up on our socials at KillstreakPod on Twitter and Instagram killstreakpod at gmail.com if you want to send us a an email leave us a voicemail follow the show notes to do so yeah anything this... else you want to plug have hey have a great time in thank you. Uh, in europe thank you very much uh i'm not going through romania sadly i am going through slovakia austria hungary germany oh, france watch out for lady bathory though Oh, good she call. might be out there. She might be waiting for me when I get off the plane. In Budapest. Although you're no, you're no virgin from the moon, blood moon or whatever. That's right. I got laid a bunch of times. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's bring this baby home. And as always, welcome to Fright Night for Real, bitch. Oh no. <laughs>